This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey guys, I'm here with Jacob Taylor, and I'm so excited because he is the latest member of our Invested Book Club. His book, The Rebel Allocator, just came out recently, and he'll tell us about this, but when he when the book uh, first came out, he got a call from Charlie Munger himself. So we are going to speak to him in full in six weeks. So get ready. You can go buy the book now, read the book. You have six weeks to get it done. And then we're going to have him on the show and talk to him in full about the book and about everything that happened around the book. But for now, Jacob, hi. Thank you so much for being on. Oh, thanks for having me. It's a real pleasure. So just as a little teaser for all of our listeners, by the way, you guys, Jacob has a fantastic series. It's on YouTube and on podcast um, called Five Good Questions. So check that out. And he's also got his Farnham Street Investments, where he does value investing and has for many years. He also teaches value investing. Jacob, what led you to write this book? And what's it about? Being a professional investor, I, I evaluated a lot of managements over the years, and, and especially their decision making around cap allocation. And when I say cap allocation, I really mean deciding how do they spend money inside the business. I so noticed, how does a CEO within the business decide where to put the money um, for maximum value? Right, exactly. Like how do they decide which projects get funded, which resources, and really all the way from paper clips up to share buybacks, um, that entire spectrum. Uh, so I saw a lot of mistakes actually that seemed very preventable because these are not stupid people. Like these are very smart people. Why are they making these kind of boneheaded mistakes? Um, and I thought, well, I've done quite a bit of research on this subject. Maybe I could write a book about it that would help them to make a little bit better decisions. I started off working on a nonfiction version of it, as you'd probably expect for a, a subject like cap allocation. Uh, mm -hmm. But then a thousand little nudges from the universe convinced me like I should tell this as a fictional story that maybe will impact them a little bit more emotionally so that those lessons will sink in. Basically, the story is, uh, if you could imagine if Mr. Miyagi from The Karate Kid was was Warren Buffett um, and then <laughs> that playing out, uh, like what would Mr. Miyagi teach uh, young Daniel's son if he was teaching him cap allocation instead of karate? That's uh, that's really the the genesis of the book. So it's investing wrapped up in a story, the best way to get any piece of information, basically. You know, I think what's what's kind of funny is that I, I really set out wanting to impact actual business decision makers and not so much investors like us. But mm. it turns out that the same concepts apply to both. You know, all the same problems come up as well. The same biases, the same uh, groupthink, all those things all come up in the exact same way. Uh, so there's such a tie-in. It really drove home for me Warren Buffett's quote about how he's a better investor because he's a businessman and a better businessman because he's an investor. Uh, those mm. things, it's very true. Oh, I'm so excited to talk to you more about this, but we'll hold it for six weeks from now. Go get your books, guys. The Rebel Allocator. One more question, Jacob, before I let you go. So Charlie Munger called you? What happened? 
Yeah, I sent him a copy of the book as a thank you because uh, he he's a pretty influential as far as this main character, uh, the Mr. Miyagi character. And I'm sitting at the office one day, a couple days after Christmas, the phone rings and my assistant answers it and says, you're not going to believe this, but Charlie Munger's on the line and he wants to talk to you. And I said, Amy, don't mess with me. Like, I'm not in the mood for that. Like, this isn't yeah. funny, <laughs> you know. Because I'm obviously a huge fanboy of of both Warren and Charlie. Um, so I pick up the line and uh, he says, well, thank you for sending me your book. Uh, I started reading it and before I knew it, I read the whole damn thing. No. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Okay, don't tell us anymore. Yeah. You guys go get the book, The Rebel Allocator. We're going to hear all about it from Jacob in six weeks time. And I'll remind you again in a couple of weeks. Thank you so much, Jacob. Can't wait to speak to you more. Looking forward to it. Hey, everybody. This is Phil Town. And this is Danielle Town. And welcome to the Invested Podcast, where we are investors learning <laughs> to be better investors. <laughs> we're, we're three years almost into this now. I have to say, Danielle, you're, you're an investor now. And, you know, um, that is so nice of you. Thank you. Well, we're in the 200th some podcast. Mm -hmm. And um, and you have really, really changed a lot about how you go forward, you know, with your money. And it's amazing. I um, really have. To, I agree yeah. with you. A hundred percent. I and just would you, said would you say it's it's life changing the whole process. Yes, I would say, to say the least, it is. Is there a bigger word than life changing? Um, life dynamiting. That's what I would say. And what, what do you think it is that that makes it so explosive in a life? Then, oh, what a big question, Dad. Thank you. I think number one, learning something that just at a base like informational level, I never thought that I would ever know anything about opens up the awareness that it's possible at all. And then starting to feel competent towards competent, obviously lots of moments where I'm very incompetent, but moving towards competence just um, really solidifies the feeling of, oh, wow, this totally foreign thing that I was totally afraid of is not only accessible to me, but I could actually be good at it. That's pretty confidence building. It's pretty, um, hmm, what's the right word for like a forward looking happiness? That's a vision. It's <laughs> a, a vision, a vision of a better life. How about that? It's a dream. A dream. And then, and then on top of that pure like informational functional skill comes the practice that I've developed, which to me is a practice of mindfulness and self-mastery and pure experience um, to become better in so many ways. And, and to me functions the same as a meditation practice, although different, but the same. And those two qualities of, of information and, and, and skill and experience and the, um, the deeper experience have, yeah, made me change everything in my life. And now I'm a crazy person who spends my weekends listening to Charlie Munger on YouTube 
talk at the 2019 Jaily Journal meeting and write a partial transcript of it, which was a fantastic part of my weekend. Well, that's different, yeah, than, than ever before. And I'm, I'm a little bit interested. I'm a lot more, I'm a lot interested that a big chunk of what you're talking about is something different than just uh, higher rates of return on. Yeah, for sure. On your money. It's like a different way of being in the world. A different way of being in the world is exactly perfect. And I I just think it was, you know, I was just finished a class that we do, you know, once a month and um, people come from all over the world. There was a guy that came from Armenia and he brought a, a bottle of Armenian cognac and oh, cool. I mean, it's just, people are so sweet. They come from everywhere uh, to do this class. And, and we were talking about <clears throat> how most of the fund managers historically have always been men, mm. that it's a male dominated industry that makes the STEM world look like, you know, pretty much gender neutral. Um, yeah, it is really... literally completely guys out there it, almost. It is. And you guys, by the way, if you know of any amazing or, or, or just even functional women fund managers out there in the value field, email us, please, at questions at investedpodcast.com. Sorry to cut you off, Dad, but I'm just trying to find names of women um, who are value investors who are managing money. And I, I would love to know of some. Well, I think in a, in a way... Honey, you're you're kind of at the cutting at the front edge of a of a of a future wave that will be there. I'm quite sure, and that is of women starting to realize that um, you know this this sport of managing money is not like let's say baseball, you know, where you have to have physical skills to hit a 98 mile an hour fastball, mm-hmm. and you either have them or you don't, and that's been very difficult for women to compete in, where. Whereas this this is a set of skills you can learn. I mean, this is an attitude and a and a view of the world that's wouldn't you say completely learnable? Completely learnable. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a whole debate over why that is, and I'm not sure I know the answer. Why why women why, are not so much represented? Yeah, exactly. Um, and I I think the the true answer is that it's a multitude of factors, but. I also think that for me, for somebody, I mean, I was never going to go into finance. Like this was just never going to happen. So I'm not the kind of person who is like all of those other people who studied economics in college and then went to business school and then wanted to get a job on Wall Street. Like that's just not me. And I think there are some women who are like that. And the reasons they haven't come up are different than the reasons women like me haven't gotten into investing. So it's like, you know, not all women are the same, right? But this is obvious. But for people like me, and and I think really it's important that that I emphasize that it includes men too. It's like people like me who are who are not naturally drawn to this stuff, um, which is a lot of women and also a lot of men. It's because there's such an emphasis on this clubby, uh, we know everything and you guys know nothing kind of attitude that comes out of the financial world. And they do that on purpose so that we will believe that they know stuff that we don't know and we'll pay them their fees. And so, you know, there's a vested interest out there in keeping people ignorant. And, and, and by the way, it's a, it's a, a, a class. Uh, what, what's the right word for this? It's a it's a priesthood. 
Um, <laughs> and it has all of the rituals of priesthoods out there to exclude the layman from, you know, getting on the inside of this whole thing and, and reducing the power of the priesthood. And the Wall Street priesthood has its own jargon. That's very priesthoody. It, and, and, it, and they are quite certain. It's not that they're just trying to keep you out. They're quite certain you don't have the skills and you don't have uh, the ability to do what they do because you don't have the secret formulas. Mm-hmm. You don't know sharp ratios. You don't know capital asset pricing models. You don't know how to do, you know, uh, uh, adjust for beta. You mm-hmm. know, all of these things that are taught in the business schools, which are priest class BS, frankly. I that mean, I think that's used... a bit silly to say that it's BS. Oh, it's completely wrong. You no. can't, you can't have a bunch of formulas which will produce a balanced portfolio for risk when risk is not quantifiable and yet they've quantified it. So it, it's, it's based on quicksand. So they, they built this fabulous edifice and it's on quicksand. Well, that and may so be true. I don't know. <laughs> you are correct. I do not know the things that you just mentioned. <laughs> so I, well, don't, I don't know what they are. I'm probably right in that case. I'm going to get away with this. <laughs> but I, but think I'm one of them, on I think one of them was capital allocation, and I'm pretty sure that was an important one to learn. <laughs> well, I will tell you for sure that Charlie said back in the day when he and Warren were stuck at Solomon Brothers trying to babysit those guys to keep from having their investment shut down, that they watched these really intelligent people doing these formulas over and over and over again. Even Charlie, this is Charlie's words, even though they knew they weren't correct, that they were based on faulty assumptions. They knew that, but they were so good at the math, they couldn't give it up. And that is priesthood stuff. Sure. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. You're not going to give it up. It keeps you in power. It pays the bills, right? So anyway, I, I'm <laughs> in one twisted way, I want to welcome women to the world of the priesthood. There's nothing going on in there Yikes. you can't figure out. Which, we don't want to be we don't in even the want you to go there. Uh, I, no, we don't I'm want out. you to go there. I, I'm going to start my own priesthood. I don't want to be That's in that right. one. And, and by the way, if if joining an old a good old boys club on Wall Street, you know, with the you know the Goldman Sachs guys, doesn't appeal to you, that is actually quite a strong uh, indicator that you may become a great investor. Well, yeah, I mean a great value investor, right? Like there's right a great value investor yeah. because really you want to stay away from Wall Street. I mean, there's a reason Charlie Munger's in Pasadena, California, and Manesh Pabrai is in Irving, Irvine in California, and Buffett's in Omaha, and I'm in Atlanta, and Danielle's in Zurich, and so is Guy Spear. I mean, there's a reason that people who invest the way we do stay away from Wall Street, because you get caught up out there in New York. You get caught up in a way of thinking about things that um, can very much influence how you feel, how, what you're afraid of, what you're greedy for, how you're comparing yourself to other people. And being able to operate on your own independently is fundamental to becoming a really successful investor. And by the way, ladies, there is nothing stopping you. There's no glass ceiling here. You, you can start investing a couple thousand dollars and generate a track record. And I promise you that Warren Buffett is right. If, if you can prove you can make 15% a year on $2,000, p- 
people will swim across shark-infested waters to give you their money. There, there are 75 million people out there who, whose only choice for investing professional advice is robo-advisor because they don't have enough money to gather the interest of anybody who knows what they're doing at all. If such a person even exists anymore in the, in, in the financial advisory world, I'm sure there are some really good ones. But man, this, this is, or I should say woman, this is really a wide open field that I really think, Danielle, you're on the front edge of. I and think you so should too. encourage women to do this. I do. <laughs> I mean, you honestly, you have no aptitude for this whatsoever. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I mean, there are Except, women out there who have an aptitude for this. Yes, they have that's talent. Absolutely true. Many. <laughs> <laughs> Except for all of my soft qualitative skills, Dad, which are crackerjack on top of this value investing thing. I'm telling I, you. I will tell you, you're you're your fundamental look at the world is perfect for investing. <laughs> Particularly your fundamental look at your father is perfect for this kind of stuff, which is just, all right, I don't know. You said it, but I don't know if I believe it. So that's exactly right. It's exactly right. And you dig and you dig and you, and, and, and the more you, you can naturally invert the argument and, and take the other side of it and your lawyer skill set, the better. As a fabulous skill set for an investor is to to be skeptical of, uh, of what seems obviously true. It is. And, you know, I got to tell you something weird. I So at the beginning of the show, you guys all heard my short little teaser with Jacob Taylor. And you should grab his book and learn about capital allocation, Dad. Super excited to read it and talk to him about it. And after I set this all up with him and got him on the show... Um, I started looking at some of his work at Five Good Questions, and he talks to a lot of value-type investors, of course. And I started learning about um, these people who wrote books about accounting, and I bought some of them. I bought some accounting books, and I'm going to read them, and I'm actually, like, a little bit interested. I know. I know. Here's the, my thought process. The world process. is shaking under my feet right now. Here's my thought I process. I feel an earthquake coming through Georgia. <laughs> What? <laughs> I have now spent enough time with financial statements and you've taught me so much that I can even like kind of feel a little bit comfortable with them. And I started to feel like, okay, I could kind of learn maybe a next level piece of information, like a little bit more. Like, Okay. How do I come up with return on invested capital? I just learned that different people have different ways I find that quite interesting. So I'm going to learn some stuff about accounting and I'm really excited. And well, I think kudos. and I think this is how it works is for people like me who are not naturally into this financial stuff, but are interested in great companies run by great people creating great things. We can get interested through this other way. It's different than typical financial people, but then come into that whole like accounting numbers thing when we're ready. Don't push it. Only when I'm ready. I, I think that's fantastic. I know. I'm, I'm, you're falling I'm off awe. your chair right now. <laughs> I am in awe. That is, honey, that's bad. You know, the, the truly an indication of, uh, of, of an education is to know what you don't know and be willing to keep learning, right? Well, I think the keep and, learning thing is a thousand oh, yeah. percent key. Warren Buffett said that he sees compounded interest 
as learning every single day over time. And it's the greatest choice you can make for wealth in your life. He says to read 500 pages every day. And that's what he tries to do. And 500 pages every day is a lot. It's a lot. Those guys read fast. I mean, they scan. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and it's his, it's his job, but just to like put that up there on a pedestal, 500 pages a day. I mean, I spend enough time reading the gossip pages that I thought to myself, what if I didn't read the gossip pages as much and read an actual book a little bit more? I could up my page count. I mean, something as small as that, which is probably much better for me when I go to sleep anyway. So that's what I started doing also. I started reading before bed. We made a rule that there's no phones in the bedroom after, you know, whatever bedtime is. And I started reading a little bit more. And it's been it's been good. I kind of miss my phone, I'll admit, but it's been good. Well, you know, a couple things come into my mind from that. Number one is absolutely, uh, I think Charlie stated emphatically that he's never met anybody who he thinks has a really good mind that doesn't read a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and as an investor, you need to read a lot. But I would say if you want to be a really, really good investor, the critical thing is to know what your circle of competence is, right? What your canyon is, where, you, where you're going to focus your investing, to know what that is. And I thought Charlie made a pretty good point um, recently that you can't know that unless you really know that industry, You've got to be an expert in that industry. Mm. And if you're an expert in an industry, like let's say you're a school teacher and you really want to get in, in expertise in the education uh, industry, which has, I don't know, the, a lot of public companies in it, um, you will know where the edges of your circle are only if you're an expert in the industry. Mm-hmm. And if you're an expert in the industry, you will know where your edges are where, where you, you start to not be confident that you know what you're doing. So I would say, you know, absolutely reading, 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 and absolutely reading broadly, but especially when you're getting going, grab a couple pieces of the world that you really do connect with and get good at them. Hmm. I think that's good advice. Yeah. Like actually create a little focus for your reading rather than going all over the place. Yeah. And I think that we could make a kind of an axiom here. And that is, if you don't know where the edges are of your circle of competence, you haven't dug deep enough in that industry. Hmm. In other words, if you're asking the question, the question is the answer. You, you, you need to dig deeper. Where's, where do you find this, the edge of the competence? Well, if you don't, if you're asking the question, you have to dig deeper. Hmm. 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 Kind of zen there a little bit. <laughs> well, we need to talk about the daily journal meeting, but my thought on what you just said would lead us astray. Well, note note that. Note to self, <laughs> and we'll come back to that. Okay. <laughs> but let's talk about the, the daily journal just meeting. Just to take a left Or did turn. you want to talk about MSCI World Index? Oh, good point. I promised last week, you guys, to tell you to look it up. And find out what it's called and what it is. And so here's, it's called, Dad was right. It's called the MSCI and then new acronym ACWI Index. Why is it called Which that? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know anybody that calls it that. 
I'm on their website and they have not explained it to me. So I think nobody cares. We just needed some more letters to put behind it. Yeah. So now it's M-S-C-I-A-C-W-I. Um, and Any case. within that is the MSCI World Index and the MSCI Emerging Markets Index. The Developed uh-huh. Market World Index is all the countries you would think of. Canada, U.S., the European countries, Australia, Hong Kong, Japan, New Zealand, and Singapore. And then the Emerging Markets Index is, I won't go through all of them, but Brazil, Chile, Colombia, Mexico, Peru, Egypt, Greece, Qatar, Russia, South Africa, Turkey, China, India. Oh, it's interesting. China's on emerging markets. Korea, Malaysia, Pakistan, Philippines, Taiwan, Thailand. I did not read all of them. So there you go. That's what it is. Uh, I'm glad that I know it exists. Well, what is it? I mean, they're not buying the country. So what are they buying in the country? Oh, yeah, you're right. That's a really good question. Does their website tell us the answer? Well, I don't we'll keep um, digging. Okay, there's a funny little block graph, which says that it builds a framework of these people. Um, <laughs> this is like, this is this financial <laughs> stuff that I'm just like, ah. Oh. No wonder everybody avoids this. So it's like, so right, here's I'm what it tell says. You what it no, is. Wait, let me try. You want me to tell let you? me try. Okay, go ahead. So, oh, do you know the answer? Are you just asking me yeah. for fun? Yeah, no, I want to see if you can find All it. All right. So the index overall then has a country index or a region index, which is then made up, according to this chart, of market cap segments, G I C S asterisk. Are in parentheses sectors. I mean, come on. If there's anybody in the world who understands this stuff, whose job it isn't to understand this stuff, it's like they just try to make it so that normal people can't understand this stuff. And then the third one is called simply styles. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, my immediate thought is Harry, but that's not what they mean. (laughs) Harry's. (laughs) Listen. Do you know who Harry Styles is, Dad? No, I thought you were talking about the prince. No. (laughs) Dad, Harry Styles used to date Taylor Swift. The inspiration for her extraordinary, fantastic song, Style. Now trying to be sort of a John Lennon type on his own. No? Oh, well, if he can do John Lennon. I didn't say he could do John Lennon. I said he's he's trying. trying. Okay, you don't know. I don't have a clue now. <laughs> I think we've wandered far. <clears throat> but I will tell you that you're right. <clears throat> if it appears to you that these guys are intentionally obfuscating the living crud out of their definition of what they do, they are. Uh, because yeah. what they do isn't, isn't it, it has no moat. It's like somebody else could come and do it too. And so they try to hide it behind all sorts of clever things. But the ball, uh, just, I mean, you obviously then how understand. Do you know? Well, it's like, it's, I understand it from the, a high level, okay. which is all you really okay. need, which is they're going to do a strategy that just basically captures the sources of equity returns in each of these countries. So that's it. They're going to, they're going to basically that mean? do. What do those words mean? It means they're going to grab the indexes <laughs> that they think represent. Capture uh, the, the sources of equity, of equity returns. returns equals by the index. Probably, yeah. 
So, for example, if you wanted to capture the returns in the United States, <clears throat> you can grab uh, the NASDAQ, which would be tech stocks, mm -hmm. um, emerging stocks, fast-growing companies. Mm -hmm. You can grab the Dow Jones Industrial Average, and you can grab the S&P 500. You'll have that'll, – that'll do it. You'll have a very close to the equity returns of the United States just with those. Actually, you could do two, the NASDAQ and the S&P. So you do those two things, and you pretty well, you're good to go. Or if you really want to just get the entire thing, you just buy the Wilshire Index, and that covers three or 4,000 stocks. So each country has something like that. And if they don't, these guys create it out of the major uh, corporations that are in that country. And that's easier than it sounds, actually, because some of these countries just don't have a lot of uh, of financial activity going on relative to the United States. So they're not going to affect the index much at all, whatever they do. Mm -hmm. So essentially getting it is about getting the U.S. and Canada right and Europe and the Pacific, you know, Asia. You get that right, emerging markets, plug those in a little bit, and you're going to have it pretty close. Now, the beauty is MSCI is one stock. You can just buy it. Are you buying the MSCI index? Now you own the world. That's the beauty of it. Of course, what is not so beautiful is that now you own yeah. the world. And all of the ups and downs everywhere are canceling each other. Yeah. It's quite yeah. confusing. And to you me. end up with talk about diversification. Right, you, yeah, and this is why Warren Buffett doesn't say, Oh, you should go get the MSCI. He says he, he's very America centric. Mm -hmm. Charlie's less so, but Buffett is America-centric because <clears throat> when America gets a cold, the rest of the world gets pneumonia. So why are you spending your money over there? Right? I mean, if things go down, it's not going to be very well offset by the rest of the world because they're going to get worse. So it's, it's, uh, it's a better game to play from, from Buffett's point of view to just stick with America and North America, and you'll be, you'll be better off. In the long run. And he points that out. He says, look at look at what's happened to the value of the Dow Jones Industrial Average, you know, going through world wars, going through huge depressions, going through all, all kinds of inflation, going through all kinds of deflation, um, stagnation, everything. And, and you look at it, and it's just been insane, right? I mean, $100 back in 1900 is now $25,000. One dollar has become 20, right? Has become, what is it? $100 has become 25,000. Hmm. Through all that. So Warren is like, hey, look, if you're not going to learn this stuff, and this isn't easy, right? It's simple, but it's not easy mm -hmm. to do. If you're not going to learn this stuff, then you go buy the index and buy the American index. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That'd be it. Simple. Yeah, I mean, Charlie Munger kind right. of said, he didn't say buy the American index, but he kind of got into that one in the uh, Daily Journal meeting that he had a couple weeks ago um, that was essentially, why do all of these investors who try to choose companies, who try to pick stocks, fail so much? And his opinion is that it, even though index funds came along and beat everybody, it's that they're buying too many different companies. They're diversifying too much. And so he says now at Berkshire Hathaway or at the Daily Journal, why has that not happened to them? They've done better than an index. 
And he said, and I quote him, he said, the answer is simple. We tried to do less. There you go. (laughs) He never thought that we could get really useful information on all subjects and that they just tried to stay within their circle of competence, as you said, exactly. So I think let's get into more into the Daily Journal meeting next time because it'll keep. It'll keep. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's endlessly fascinating. So let's do that. Let's jump into that. And um, Sounds good. That sounds good. Okay, <laughs> let's wrap up. Until then, time to go play. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to Invested. If you enjoyed this episode and you want more information, show notes, and more episodes, visit us at investedpodcast.com. There's a special offer waiting for podcast listeners to attend my three-day investing workshop absolutely free. So just head to investedpodcast.com. Everything discussed on this podcast is either my opinion or Danielle's opinion and is not to be taken as investing advice because I am not your investment advisor, nor have I considered your personal situation as your fiduciary. This podcast is for your entertainment and education only, and I hope you enjoyed it.